Welcome listeners. Hey, this is Marcia Epstein in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm talk with me with Jenny Washburn. Hey, Jenny. It was Gosh. almost like you forgot who you were. This My is Marcia Epstein. I not going to say. That's what I was thinking. I love doing this show. I, and lately, it's been such a blast because I've had these guests that are all over, like literally an artist, poet in Sweden, a poet in Australia, a poet who has been writing since the 60s and lives in the foothills of Northern California with no electricity. Oh, That God. was really interesting, yeah. negotiating how to set a date. Okay, so you don't have internet because you don't have electricity and you don't have a road near you and <laughs> wow but cell phones i mean we were i mean actually we recorded through his landline he has a landline phone anyway so i've been having a blast with these interesting special shows and this is we're recording on the third of november which that's a whole bizarre thing yes it is november, oh really? but this yeah. weekend I almost can't handle it <laughs> this weekend is the first time ever that the Girls Rock Lawrence crew has oh. done a camp, a weekend camp for, as they say, grown ass people, women. <laughs> yes. And so this weekend oh. is, is Girls Rock Lawrence, and I'm going to get to help as I've had the chance to help with the youth camps. I'm going to get to help tomorrow, which is going to be a blast. So, so when I think about the show and art and music as a theme, excuse me, art and mental health as a theme and music being one of those arts, you know, I was just, I was thinking before, before we sat down, you know, what, what is it about me and art? Where, what are my connections with art? You know, and lots of, yeah. anyway, so lots of things to talk about and, and you and I haven't talked, we're a little overdue. To do yeah, it's been a couple of months, yeah, hasn't it? We didn't do, get together in October. Yeah, things got a little So bit many weird. things happened. Yeah. So... How are you, Ms. Jenny? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh -huh. Today's a good day. Uh -huh. <laughs> but um, I would say since we, uh, well, since before we last were together, I've gone through some ebbs and flows and crazy things. Um, I don't think, had had I gone to Sweetgrass, the flute festival? We didn't talk about I it. Think so I think so. I was going, but I had not been yet. And that was magical, and um, it's a it's a Native American flute festival in just outside of Rapid City, Iowa. Um, Cedar Rapids, which is it? Cedar Rapids or Rapid City? Not Cedar Rapids. I, I don't know about Cedar Rapids. <laughs> I, I always forget those two cities mixed up, but it's actually in Hiawatha, uh, Iowa. And um, last year we went for five days and camped and I kind of was on my own for three of those days while Daniel was in a flute school. And then we went to the festival together for uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This year we just went out for the festival. And so um, they had a lot more workshops than they did last year. And I totally dove into it. Daniel just sat around and listened to music. <laughs> but I got to do things like uh, Tai Chi and the Labyrinth. A smudging workshop in a labyrinth. In a labyrinth, with Sister Nancy, who is a massage therapist, and she's in her seventies, and she has the biggest hands I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and as a massage therapist, that would be fabulous. Yeah. But at Tai Chi, you're thinking, "Whoa!" But her her hands just move like little birds across. It was magical. Cool. And and as a result, I'm taking a Tai Chi class now. I was like, Very if cool. I did Tai Chi every day, I think my life would be different. So far, the Tai Chi I'm taking right now has just made me pissed off because oh. I can't do it. Okay. There's, it's very intricate. You just think that you're standing out there flowing around with your legs and your arms, but it's every movement is, you know, every little like choreographed. Oh, it's so crazy. Good. Um, and I did a smudging workshop where I learned how to smudge properly. Since the last time I smudged my office, I almost set everything on fire because the smudge stick got away from me. Uh -huh. um, and then I did a sound healing um, 
thing in the labyrinth, a bowl, a sound, a singing uh-huh. bowl, uh-huh. sound healing in wow. the labyrinth, which was also way cool. Uh-huh. And I worked for four hours in the holistic services tent oh, doing nice. foot and facial massage. So that was, it was just, you know, with all this beautiful music and everybody's so happy and, you know, peaceful and everything. Uh-huh. So all the stuff that I thought I was going to get on the Chama River on my 65th birthday, I got in Hiawatha, Iowa. Uh-huh. Um, cool. So we did that and came back all rejuvenated. And uh, Daniel and I have had a, we had a 65 70 birthday party in which we invited oh god we invited half the town i think yeah. but we had a, about 80 people there and we had a s- surprise mm-hmm. renewal because our friend randy granger that was at the concert the sweetgrass concert uh-huh. um came to town and he did a concert that afternoon and then that evening was our officiant uh-huh. so that was really special yeah. that he was there for it and and yeah, so it's just been, um, it's been all that. And then I've had a, a, a pretty tragic death in my family. It's still considered my family. It's my ex-husband who passed, but, um, you know, he's the father of my daughter. And so it's very, very close. And we're leaving tonight to go to his memorial. So it's, so when you ask, how am I? Yeah. I have been up and down, angry, sad, but interestingly enough, I have decided to embrace my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And now if a stranger on the street said, oh, hi, how are you? I would say, I'm fine, thank you. But if someone I know now asks me, how am I? I give an honest answer. Uh I'm tired of hiding. Uh-huh. And uh, also one of the things I did was a workshop um, with Jay Pryor. It was his very last live Lean Inside, and it was a half-day seminar for people who had taken the seminar before. And this came up time and time again in that seminar for me, my vulnerability, my inability to accept it, and my resistance for almost everything I did. I resist. And um, and then I had a tarot reading, and the tarot reading said almost exactly the same thing. Okay. So it's been very interesting to have this just, I, I know that these are issues that I have. Um, I've known them for a while, the vulnerability and the resistance, but it's just, it just picked up a board and beat me over the head the last month. Okay. So that's how I am, Marcia. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm I'm really excited by things that you're saying, and 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 I relate to a lot of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the thing about trying new things. You know that you did at the yeah flute workshop is really awesome, and and you know, just to to give that as a shout out to to listeners. You know. Trying new things is really important. There was something I was looking at yesterday, and it just said, when was the last time you had a first time at something? Oh, we yeah. need to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And and I, I connect that also with sort of the art side of creativity is one of those areas that for a lot of people, we, we grew up with some ideas about what it was supposed to sound like, look like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that we weren't good enough, so we couldn't right. do those things. Exactly. So we just say, no, I'm not a, I'm not good at drawing. Yeah. I'm not good at writing. I'm not this, you know. And then it's that's one of those things that's smacking me in the face. And and I'm sharing with people is how important it is for us to let ourselves use different ways of expression. Mm-hmm. You know, including you know, I think about like with painting at the we do an annual retreat for people who've lost loved ones to suicide. Right. You know, and and this particular one, Deb Peterson, who is a, a person, you know, where there's so many different things I could say about any of us, but Deb, amongst other things, lost a son to suicide, mm-hmm. and they both had in common um, doing some art, and she's really expanded her painting since Jesse's death, 
And she taught a painting workshop on painting your emotions. Oh, yeah. At the retreat. And people were so appreciative of yeah. that opportunity to be able to use that that tool. And I have, I, I, I have because of the show and the artists, <clears throat> the writers, you know, and technology, you know, I have friends all over. And one of the people who, who, is a friend and a writer and a photographer and a painter and all this stuff in, in Long Island, New York. He also teaches. And so we've been talking about things that are coming up in his writing classes that relate to people's struggles. And, and, and he's, you know, so, you know, he'll share with me this because of his concern about suicide risk, you know, mm -hmm. what do you think? And, you know, we we're talking about something that had happened and, and, and he said, you know, well, what I, what I, I mean, it's clear that he creates this open atmosphere. So people do talk when they need to talk, when they share things, when mm -hmm. they question things. And and to somebody who was feeling a lot of guilt and regret about yeah. something that he had said to somebody who later died of suicide, you know, Rob said, um, well, one thing we can do is use those emotions in a positive way and a creative way, you know, rather than just holding on to guilt right. and regret express that do something you know it's like that's perfect yes you know? we we pile on shame when we hide things you know? yes so so i'm you know i'm relating to that and the vulnerability piece of you know we as long as we're selective you know we need we all need people in our lives that we can be our yes. selves with and i'm so fortunate to have yeah. such a, a a big community yeah. of people yeah. that i can be vulnerable with yeah I, um Oh my, so many thoughts just came up yes, to me while you were yes. talking about that. But um, one is that kudos to your friend for not only being vulnerable to continue her painting, but to open herself up even more. Yeah. Um, and then to offer that to other people. Yes. That's amazing. That's yes. a gift. And yes. when we, one of the things I just thought of too is I'll go to these artist things and people will say to me, oh, are you an artist? And I'll say, no, I just appreciate art. Uh -huh. But in fact, I am an artist. It's just I don't use um, painting or sculpture uh -huh. or photography as a medium. But I have artistry in my life. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking the more and more I'm opened up to these things that, you know, maybe at some point I will. I used to be an artist, but shame and guilt shut it down. And maybe I'll open that up again. Right now, I really don't have a desire to. But but there's a little nagging thing in back, way back in the back of my head that thinks, yeah, maybe you can after all. So, And I also want to interrupt you just briefly because one of your creative gifts is performance. Mm -hmm. And in that See, space, I don't even think about that. Absolutely. In that <laughs> space, in terms of vulnerability, you are somebody who has put yourself out there to do things you know, on a stage, the, the lip sync for, for yeah. Willow and the transformations performances, things, the trying out for Foxy by proxy. I mean, you've done things that are very brave to do. And also there is so much creativity and expression through dance, through singing, yeah. through any kind of performance, not just through painting. Yeah, writing, it's, it is true. But, you know, you think, you, I just don't even think about that uh -huh. because, you know, I'm putting on a different persona, so uh -huh. it's not me. Uh -huh. But, um, and in fact, that came up when, uh, when we did our vow renewals, I was so nervous. I was shaken. My voice was shaken uh -huh. and people said, but you're on stage. And I said, I have a costume on. That was me up uh -huh. there uh -huh. in front of everybody. Uh -huh. I couldn't, there was no hiding. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to you. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's all, um, yeah, I can't even think of my other thoughts that I was yeah, having, but the head's just spinning. Yeah. And this is good because, it, honest to God, for the, I would say right now, this moment, is maybe the first time I felt awake again for two and a half weeks wow. since Mike died. Yeah. And we're getting ready to leave this afternoon yeah. to go to his memorial. Yeah. But that's a hard thing, you know? I mean... Grief fogs us. We, we are it overwhelmed does. with emotion. It does. I haven't, you know, I am habitual about to-do lists. I haven't done one. 
haven't, you know, and I'm thinking, what am I missing? I'm missing it. I'm, you know, I'm going to forget things. And, we, and, but on the other hand, it's been interesting that I haven't stressed out about that. Uh-huh. You know, my, on my blank page in my calendar where all these to do's should be or none. And I'm like, oh, well, oh, well, <laughs> I'll either get done or not, you know? Uh-huh. So it's been a fascinating process to uh-huh. go through all this and to um, feel like, you know, the things that I thought I would find in August just took a couple of three more months uh-huh. before I was uh-huh. uh, able to explore explore everything well. Yeah. And the timing of the death in your family, I'm going to say, you know, so we, Kyle and I went to the Lead Center to hear Bela Fleck and Abigail Washburn. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of banjo music wow, uh, but you know, there's the all talented. kinds of jokes about banjo yes music. i know <laughs> kyle has been learning the banjo for a while uh-huh. so we've got our share of those that we think <laughs> but but the talent there was amazing oh, yeah and, and they're great performers together yeah they're, she i don't know what he was like when he performed with his bands but before me Bail Fleck and, and Abigail Washburn on stage she's very engaging and funny oh, fun. and so she kind of seemed he becomes, you know, he becomes the uh, Gracie Allen to her. Oh, how fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, anyway, they they were great. And and it was wonderful hearing the music. It was a little bit of a stretch for me because, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't love all banjo music, but I certainly love music and I, and I love, I mean, the amazing talent that they have. And what I was really headed towards was, when I we left, we were leaving, and in the hallway, I ran into somebody who I haven't seen in a long time, and we chat a minute, and then the second thing out of her mouth is, "We just lost a nephew to suicide. Oh, this wow. has never happened." Yeah, you know, and and I think we're okay, but you know, so we were talking a little bit, and it was that reminder of how unfortunately frequent this is. It is. Yeah. I this is the first suicide in my family. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's kind of, at this point, it's still interesting. Um, one of the things I'm also doing, which we've talked about is the goddess circles. Uh So this month, our goddess circle was, uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, which was also uh, November 1st or the day of the dead. So we did a day of the dead blessing and spoke the names of, people in our life that have died that we wanted to honor and and then as our introduction we went around the circle introduced ourselves and told a a short story about someone in our life that had died whether it be a happy story a funny story a Mm -hmm. you know sad story whatever we wanted to honor that person and um three of us had had people die in the last week and or in the last two weeks, I guess. And uh, two of us had had husbands that had died. Um, and one of the things one of the women said was, I'm going to tell a story about my mom because I miss her every day because I, I can't tell a story about my husband yet because mm-hmm. I'm still in denial. Mm-hmm. He's, I, he's not gone. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was fascinating because I kind of feel that's, a little bit what my daughter and I are both going through right now. Yes. We're, we've gone through the pissed off. We've gone through the anger and I know it will come up more, but right now it's like, it's not real. Yes. It's just not real. Do you remember the writer, Joan Didion? Yes. One of her more um, recent, let me say within the past decade kind of books is called a year of magical thinking after her uh-huh. husband's death, uh-huh. and and she includes stories like literally she wouldn't get rid of his shoes yeah. because she knew he was going to need them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to. I know that this is going to be an ongoing and very interesting process. And my daughter, bless her heart, when her stepmother died two years ago, also tragically, she was murdered, and the man that murdered her then committed suicide. Um. And Megan had to deal with everything. Wow. She had to make the arrangement. She had to pay for the funeral. She had to do everything. And um, she processed that way. And now she doesn't have anything to do 
because her dad remarried and his wife is taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. So she's having to deal with just being sad. Mm -hmm. And she and I, she is me 30 years ago, mm -hmm. type A, always doing um, the, the ultimate list maker and taking care of people and things. And um, so the, the fact that she's not able to do that now, she's always very quick to say, you know, somebody needs to get into counseling, but I don't think she's thought of it in for her yet. Uh -huh. So I'm just waiting uh -huh. for this to kind of, for the memorial to be done and to, to get into next week and, yeah. and then have a, a good heart to heart with her. Yeah. This is maybe something you need to think about too. To talk about, I mean, whether it's grief is natural. I mean, absolutely. You know, we are yes. all going to have people who we outlive and people who mm -hmm. outlive us and mm -hmm. grief is part of love. And yeah, you know, that's what it is. Suicide. We bring in so many different kinds of impressions about what that uh -huh. means. Mm -hmm. That it gets complicated. Oh yeah, you know, we worry about what do people think of our loved one who died of suicide. Yeah. What do people think of us because we lost a loved one to suicide, and shouldn't we have been able to prevent that? You know, what there's so many things that it's 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 complicated, and and I don't, but I still am, even though I provide therapy, yeah, and, and certainly host a support group, including one for suicide bereavement. It's not a sickness. It's not you know. It's like it helps to, to be able to talk about with people who've also had that experience and kind of be able to know what are some things that are pretty common experiences. So, yes. No, I'm not losing my mind. I'm grieving. And that's what grief can look like, you know? Exactly. That kind of stuff. You're not alone. I mean, gosh, you're well, that's, unfortunately so not alone. The other, the other topic, besides the Day of the Dead ceremony, that we did um, Wednesday was also our topic was about the mother goddess. We're we're exploring the four goddesses uh -huh. instead of just three. We're like last month we talked about the maiden, um, who is the you know she's the she's the dance, she's the light, she's the life, she's the one that um, ideas are born from, or or or, or not. I said that wrong. She's the one that comes up with the ideas with our, with our um, dreaming. Um, the mother then is the next one. And the mother is the, the fertile one, the one that makes things happen. Um, the one who is about care and connection. And then we have the queen or the magna who is kind of in between mother and crone. She's, she's the one that's satisfied. That's happy. That's, you know, lived her life and, and looking forward to the next part. And then the crown is wisdom. And so we were discovering the mother and what, what kept springing out for me in our discussion. And as I was reading, um, getting prepared for the evening was that she is about care and, and comfort and that we have to turn that inward. It's not just as a mother or a mother figure, because you don't have to birth a child to be a mother. Um, it's not just that we are caring and connected with other people, but we have to care and connect with ourselves. Yes. Because, you know, at the saying goes, if mommy ain't happy, nobody happy. Yeah. Well, same thing. If you're not caring for yourself yes. and and soothing your own soul you can't soothe and care for anybody else to your to your capacity right and so we talked about that a lot and how when people die especially we grieve but we're so ingrained our society and i'm sure others too but ours as women in particular we're ingrained when people say how are you you say i'm fine I'm fine when you're not and to get in touch with, because when we say, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we have this 
and I've been all about this for the last four years, the power of positivity, that, you know, what you say you are, what you say you become. And yes, it's lovely to be able to acknowledge that I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But if you're not feeling fine right at that yeah. moment, you better honor that feeling. Yes. And, and know that you have to work to be fine. And you can be. But you have to work at it uh-huh. sometimes. Yeah. And when we shut that down as women, that's when that's when all this internal crapola starts in our in us. Yeah. So it's that that also was an interesting topic and how it tied into yes. the Day of the Dead with so many people sitting around that yeah. circle. It's I love these circles. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. we go deep fast. That's very cool. And you what you you just you get in that space, you create that um calmness, that serenity, and then when you truly connect with that, you can things come out of you you don't even think are going to come out of you uh-huh. because it's um it's just really wonderful to sit around a circle with women that don't know each other very well and tell our deepest darkest secrets because we need to talk about it. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. It sounds like a space of great safety. It is. And and so I'm pushing here a little bit. Uh-huh. You you shared that for you working on your own vulnerability is a goal, something that mm-hmm. you're recognizing is important. And that becomes a little bit difficult when we're hosting something. You know what I mean? Yes. Because even when we participate, and I say we because I have those kinds of experiences mm-hmm. as well. Um, even when we're sharing some of our own personal experience, we're also needing to flip back into, you know, how is this experience mm-hmm. going for this whole group? Mm-hmm. We don't get to just right. be in yeah. it. We, Whereas when you went to Jay's seminar, then I get you to, get to just be there if yeah. you're not yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's it's an interesting thing, but it's it's all those reminders. I, I can't I was thinking about what was I what did I listen to? If it was something on NPR or something else I was reading, you know, that that you know, parallel with and what do we know about when we travel by air? You put on your own oxygen mask right. first, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's really important. That's what his series used to be called was the Oxygen series. Oh, okay. Because of that. I didn't realize that's yes, what it was called that. that when he first started it was the Oxygen series. Okay. And then uh and then he changed it. The book came out Lean Lean In uh-huh. or whatever. And so then he he read that and he said, "You know, when not only do you have to lean in, you have to lean inside." Uh-huh. So you have to, you know, look at it that way too. Yeah. So then he changed the name yeah. of the series, but yeah. So Oxygen, it is important you have to put the and there's a reason there's a reason you have like, what is it like 17 seconds or something before you'll black oh, out if you don't okay. get that oxygen mask on. Okay. So, <laughs> and then the other thing that you said, I, I can't hear the word fine without thinking about Jerry Riley. I don't remember whether you know him. Uh-uh. I'm sure you've passed, you've crossed paths on a dance floor in the jazz house. <laughs> but Jerry, I, we go back so far and it related to his work in substance abuse and my work in crisis and suicide prevention. And, and Jerry was the one who taught me that, you know, well, what, what does fine really mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to look at fine as an acronym for fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and exhausted. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to write that one down. But, yeah. but the other part of, like, to me, the, the vulnerability and the wanting to be able to be real and also to be able to hang on to some hope. I, one of the things that, that I really encourage and I do, like when I write a long message of whatever kind um, to a, a dear friend, I can be really honest about things that are really hard, but, and... And I will always end with some perspective. Absolutely. And back to you. And I recognize, you know, this wonderful thing yes. is part of my life, you know? Yes. And not as a contradiction to the other, but I think it's very important in our self-care and our self Absolutely. 
that we let ourselves or make ourselves keep our blinders mm -hmm. open for those highlight things. Well, yeah, and that to me, that's the difference between getting stuck in depression and knowing that you you can get out of it. Not everybody, I right. know, I understand yeah. that, but for me anyway, yeah. that I can be depressed, but I know because I know myself well enough that it's unfortunately for Mike, he couldn't get out of it, mm -hmm. evidently. But for me, I I know I have the ability because I have over and over again, uh -huh. and and it is you do have to recognize that in yourself as well to honor the vulnerability to honor even when you're not feeling good and you're depressed to go take a nap and you know but yeah. but you know what I did after I was really sad one day and I took a nap and I just was laying there in bed thinking I just don't want to even get up I just uh -huh. want to you know stay here until the morning. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon, and I got out a pod, uh, um, uh, a um, a meditation uh -huh. that very uplifting, and I listened to that. And the first time I listened to that, it was like I couldn't wait to get out of bed and get going. And this time I went, okay, maybe I can put my pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, interesting point that when you said that as facilitating a, a group like that the thing i find about myself too is i can i am very vulnerable i do kind of as you've seen you know vomit my feelings sometimes but if i'm i know that people look at me as a strong individual so Sometimes I feel like I have to put that role on when I don't feel like I am. Uh -huh. And that's where my vulnerability is coming out. I know I, know I don't have to put that coat on uh -huh. of strength. I can be weak or vulnerable. I don't uh -huh. like the word weak. Uh -huh. um, if I need to be now and show it. So when I facilitate this group, one of, after the very first one, someone said, are we going to share the, you know, facilitating this? Or are you going to have other people do it? And I said, no. Because I want to create the group for other people. Uh -huh. Now, that doesn't mean that what, while I'm doing my research for the couple of days before the, the circle about our topic, that I don't get into it. And when we lead, when I do lead it, I always start it out because I want to um, offer an example uh -huh. of, of the topic we're talking about or whatever. Uh -huh. The other thing we always do is at the end... Um, we start out by introducing ourselves and some sort of um, kind of a check-in, uh -huh. what, what's on your mind, and we try to keep it uh, what's, what's good in your life. Uh -huh. But sometimes you get stuck in what's not good, and you need to talk about that too. Um, and then we talk about our topic. And then at the end, we go back around the circle, and we say our name, and we say what we're taking away for the week one word or one short phrase. Mm -hmm. So we do end on a high note uh -huh. or a, or a, a higher note that we came, than right, we came right. with yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. Just like yeah. you said, you can, you can talk about what's wrong in your life, but you all, you always end on a high note yeah. or a higher note that yeah. you began with. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really important. It's, and it's one of those things with people who are in particularly the, the group called Staying Alive. That yeah. They're used to, to me saying, and we need to uh, also share a highlight of something. Mm -hmm. and, and with the bereavement group, we really do a lot of telling stories of our loved one's life, not yeah. the death scene, not, you know. No, but the that. life. Yeah. You have to remember that. It's... That's the other thing. I've been searching deep because I was so very angry mm -hmm. at first. And all I could think about was the last two years and how angry I've been at Mike for the last two years mm -hmm. because of behaviors he had had um, uh, yeah. shown. Um, and now, and so I was angry. I was pissed. And then all of a sudden, one afternoon, it hit me. Oh, maybe that's why he was so weird for the last two years. He was profoundly depressed, and none of us knew it. Uh -huh. And 
so it gave me a, a, another perspective. Yes. And then, and then the sadness could come. Yeah. And I could be sad about that. I'm not going to see him anymore, mm -hmm. even though I was, I hadn't seen him for two years because mm -hmm. I was so angry. Mm -hmm. um, we had been very close all, even though we were divorced, we'd been very close for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So um, that I don't think I've identified that as guilt yet, but I'm sure that there's some guilt in there that I haven't hadn't, I didn't reach out, but it's just been interesting to, um, to look at that process. And I kind of lost my train of thought there. Well, and death, part of what is hard for us is the impact on people we care about. Mm -hmm. so, so it's your That's loss, where my and anger it's your was, daughter's yeah. loss, mm -hmm. and it's your grandchild's loss, mm -hmm. and it's you know this set of people who you yeah. love dearly yeah. that you can't protect from that pain. No. Mm -mm. And so that makes things complicated. And I know with some of the people who, who choose to be part of the bereavement group, you know, sometimes that's one of the dynamics that, that people become aware of that, that this person in, in the family may have a lot of, lot of anger towards the person who died because of the pain that's caused by these people yes. who yes. he cares about so yeah. deeply. That's know. where my anger came from yeah. at very first. The yeah. first thing out of my mouth was, how could you do that to her? Yeah. Um, I know what I was going to say. Um, it's been in the last week I've been consciously thinking of things that were great about the relationship uh -huh. and about our life together. Uh -huh. And that's, <laughs> and there you go. That's yeah. when you start crying. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's really important yeah. is to remember that kind of stuff yeah. to talk about yeah. that stuff yeah. too. I mean, and you would the anger. be the mom of your daughter and the grandmother of your grandchild. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like there's all kinds of levels. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad yeah. this person was in. My yeah. And, and it's nice to go back and look at those memories that you don't you've you've forgotten, like, because I was tr I was really trying hard <laughs> to think of some good stuff. Uh -huh. You know, the the things that came to mind was, you know, taking Megan home uh -huh. from the hospital, those kind of things. Uh -huh. So. So even though there was there was strife strife and stress in that too, there yeah. was also it was it was precious. So. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's been an interesting process. Yeah. This whole thing, is. this whole month. Yeah. Yeah. The last two months, not just with Mike, but um, kind of exploring all kinds of things. When you turn sixty-five, all of a sudden you kind of feel mortal. Yeah. <laughs> so, and plus you have to deal with Medicare. Well, an, an interesting thing that, that I remember seeing in a Washington Post feed was the, the notion also that, that that's, that's the point in our lives when we better start getting things out of our home. Yes. That nobody's going to want. No kidding. <laughs> we know I started that process five years ago when we moved into town. And every time I came across something, it was like, do I want Megan to have to deal with this? No. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go through it seriously again because, yes. you know, even after five years, you start, oh, my God, this stuff we've accumulated in five years yeah. is incredible. How does that happen? Yeah. yeah. You know? So, yeah, you don't want, what do you not want people to find in your home? Well, there, there's this, apparently this Swedish thing. Called death the death cleansing, yes. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. that. Well, no, but what they were saying, I mean, I, in the little yeah. article in the Washington Post, you know, was like, for example, as you go through things, you get to keep some things that are truly meaningful for you. Yeah. But you should also make it very clear that these are things that have meaning for you and they can be gotten rid of after yeah. your death, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, it's it's not meant that somebody else has to deal with it, but it's right. like I, I still want to have these while I can periodically open this box and yeah. take out this thing and have the associated <laughs> memories. Yeah. So it's interesting. But I and I think I people tease me about, you know, it's like, why do you talk about death? It's like because it's, it's natural. It's it. it just yeah. is. And so, yeah. you know, I, I had somebody who we were we had we talked so much about her worrying about her grandfather dying and 
this, you know, my, my response was one, you don't know that he's going to die before you. I mean, that's yeah. natural order and he is sick, but you know, you could be hit by a car when you walk right. out the door. I right. Mean, but bigger than that is, okay, instead of using your energy on worry about he's going to die, how about using your energy on being with yes. him in yes. whatever ways that, can mm-hmm. Be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and she let me know that a couple of weeks ago, her grandfather died and, and how much better she felt because Good. she had yeah. focused on it. Yeah, it is just a natural process, but we try to we try to shove it aside because yeah. it, it is uncomfortable. Yeah, um, often, and so we want to we want to put it in a box. Yeah. you know, with all that other stuff in our house, we want to put that in a box. Going to happen, or or right. I, you know, I'm going to die before everybody I care about. Right. It's like, well, God, what kind of a terrible thing is that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be putting that out in the universe. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say that, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to die before my blah, 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 because I can't, I won't be able to live without them. It's like, listen to what you just yeah. said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would wish that level That's, of pain on somebody that else. Ain't, yeah, and, and that ain't healthy. Right. That, <laughs> that, that ain't healthy that. at all. Yeah. 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 So, you know, with, with all that we've been talking about, I, I do need to give a shout out that, that Saturday, the 18th of November is... International Survivors of Suicide Loss Day, ah. which means there are things going on in communities all across the world to bring people together, um, to talk, to learn, to support. And what we do here in Lawrence, Kansas, the event that we put on is really simple because we've learned that that's really what works best. Yes. We give people the opportunity to share some stories who want to, no pressure. We have people in the room who have lost loved ones to suicide and people who are there because they want to understand better what it's like because, you know, either professionally or personally, you know, they've been close mm-hmm. to it or know they're going to be at some point. Um, we, we watch, um, there's always a new video from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which is sort of the momentum behind this international day. Mm-hmm. So they have something we do some discussion related to that. We spend a three-hour block of time, um, and it's at the First United Methodist Church, Vermont, and it's a great experience. And it's I had the pleasure of at our retreat, um, which was in early October, um, a, a couple who came, um, who are actually not from Wichita. And they had come to our Lost Survivors Day the year before, that in October of 2016. We're ready for that experience. We're way in their past. Um, they were adults who had lost us during childhood and took the momentum, did a lot of work during the year between that Lost Day and our retreat in October, and came to the retreat. And, and shared some of that. Nice. Huh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's stuff that needed to get out in the mm-hmm. open and, you know, to like these ways that I am in the world that relate to how I've adapted because of this oh, loss. Yeah. And I get to to make some changes when yeah. I do that. it That's a whole nother hour of, of conversation yeah. about muscle memory and cellular memory and all that stuff that we carry with us and can affect us if we do not transform it in some fashion. Yeah. It is. It's so subtle that you have no idea where it came from. Right. right. But it's it's shocking yeah. what you can carry yeah. with you. And maybe it's not even your own direct experience. You know, I think exactly about people I've known, um, and and a dear friend, uh, Peter Walheim, who was probably the person who got suicide prevention work going in Idaho for decades. And he died of suicide a couple years ago. And he was a person who grew up with both of his parents being Holocaust survivors uh-huh. and all of the ways they were affected by that. And, and you know, that was for him something he was aware of as mm-hmm. part of the impact on how he thought and felt in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and that and, you know, with things, you know, we never know exactly how things line up, but but that was certainly part of of it, what he carried as struggle yeah. throughout his life until yeah. he couldn't carry anymore, you know? And so we, we need to, we need to talk about things and we need to 
you know, to me, it's it's also the case that we need to honor that even if in hindsight we go, that wasn't a very great way of dealing with that. It was the best we could so do. So you could always, yes, it's, it's always the us, best we can do. Yes, it, it's what kept us alive to this yeah. point, you know? Yeah. Well, and I I think you extrapolate that out into any situation, you know, wouldn't be, yeah, I wasn't the best mom, you know, I wasn't always the best mom, uh-huh. but this is all I knew to do. Uh-huh. And now I can do things differently. Mm-hmm. And and you can still make up for it, you know, 20 years later. <laughs> you can do better than yeah. you did before when right. you realize there's a right. better way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know? And I think about, you, you said something about yourself that, you know, is kind of like the feeling feeling yourself again that there's some yeah. stuff you have to do and and we have this great experience with with the staying alive support group uh, where somebody has been struggling really hard for a long time and one of the ways this person has stayed alive and has also added more burden has been with excessive drinking mm-hmm. and this person um, for a combination of reasons um, is able to and has been not drinking for a period of weeks, which is so impressive. And in in the experience in the group, somebody commented on how different this person seemed. Uh-huh. And somebody said, the lights are on. We haven't yeah. seen you with yeah. the lights on before. Yeah. Somebody's home. Yeah. You know, and it's that that lifting out of the fog that mm-hmm. we can sometimes do. I know sometimes it feels impossible, but but sometimes we do get there. Yeah. And in that lovely. Yeah. yeah. I've to I have to make a huge segue and talk because I keep smelling my purse. <laughs> because I I mentioned briefly my smudging mishap at the studio uh-huh. when I, I smudged the the studio and and I was, I put the, the um, smudge stick out and I was in the studio for a good half hour to 45 minutes after, afterwards. And then I left and then they called me and the smudge stick had reignited and the whole place was filled with smoke. Oh, yeah. So I thought, okay, better not smudge. So then I go to the smudging workshop and this, uh, the woman that taught it is a friend of mine. Uh, we've become friends over Facebook and through flute festivals. She lives in North Carolina and she is, she does a lot of apothecary things. And uh, she's the one that taught the smudging workshop and she made a liquid smudge for those, for those times that you can't, you know, smoke up a room like mm-hmm. a cubicle at your office mm-hmm. or something. And so I bought one cause I thought, well, this is perfect. You know, I'll just it's the smudge around. And so I've been doing that. And on Wednesday night, I took it to the place where we have the circle and I smudged the, the room. And then I stuck it in my purse to take back to the studio. Uh-huh. And somewhere along the way, the bottle broke. Oh. And my purse is massively smudged. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just everything in it so i i went home last night i changed purses i bought a new wallet because the wallet was so bad i had to throw out two checkbooks because the checks were in it just saturated (laughs) with this stuff fortunately everything else in the purse was washable and and yet there's this lingering scent Uh, of smudge that i smell (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a made for smudging. I guess I'm gonna have to find yet another. So way. did you have a giant smudge stick? I'm just trying to think. It was pretty big. It was about uh, that big. Yeah, uh-huh. it was about five inches long, about uh-huh. an inch or inch and a half around. It was uh-huh. pretty big. Uh-huh. It was toast. <laughs> there was nothing left of that smudge stick. It all went out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I have. Uh, here's another. Here's a a better way perhaps maybe this would be the next thing is you've you probably see resins now people have resins of um uh mugwort or dragon's breath and all these different ways to and they all do something different and you 
And because they're a resin, which means they're like a little crystal rock, right? Mm -hmm. The way you burn it is you buy these charcoal discs uh -huh. that you, can, you use for hookah pipes or smudging. Who <laughs> <It> knows? <laughs> so you burn the disc and then you put the resin on top and this, the, the, essence from the resin then uh -huh. is combined into the smoke. And that's another way to smudge. So those discs are very small. So maybe that's my next thing. The disc goes in a little, some it's kind a, of fireproof tray. Yeah. Yes. Line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's sort of like charcoal that you would cook. Up yeah. It it's compressed so charcoal. Uh -huh. Yeah. And the charcoal can be from a sage bush or uh -huh. a tree or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> smudging it is very complicated i had no idea i just thought you burned the old sage stick and that uh -huh. was it but now there and there's a whole ritual around it you know so i told the the woman i i messaged the woman that uh -huh. made the smudge smell and i said well i'm another smudging fail i broke the bottle in my purse and she goes well at least you exercise the demons from your purse <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering what was in there that needed to go. <laughs> and perhaps she won't use glass for the next shipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a plastic, but that doesn't seem right either. <laughs> I don't think you want to use plastic with your smudge. Heavier glass. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine what the liquid would be that would. Oh well, to. she so what she does is, and I I watched I um. I went over to Third Eye Sadie's in North uh -huh. Lawrence for my tarot reading last uh -huh. week, which, which usually that's what a big, as I talk about resistances, that's a big one for me. If uh -huh. somebody read cards, I'm I going, oh, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but it was profound, so I, I bought cool. it. But um, I, I watched them make a, an essence of something. I don't know what she was. Uh -huh. I was just kind of watching it out of the side of my eyes. Um, but you take wood, so maybe a sage or a herba something. There's another lovely wood that you can burn that's nice. And you grind it up in your mortal and pestle. Uh -huh. And then you may add some resin of something and you grind that up with some oil. Uh -huh. So you make a, you kind of muddle the stuff up. And then what what uh, Dawn does in North Carolina, she takes all those things that she's muddled mm -hmm. up and she adds not only an oil, but some water to it to, to make a, a, a potion. Mm -hmm. And then she takes that potion and sets it outside under the full moon mm -hmm. and puts a crystal in it. And, um, and then she, as she says, I put all the woo in it. All right, that I can. I so like she it. puts everything in it, and so then she said, "I even set some under the new moon, and then the full moon." And uh, um, she's quite a character, that's and cool. and then she bottles it uh -huh. with water. I mean, that's okay. it's mixed with water so that's been it. blessed, uh -huh. so you can spritz it. Nice. But the fun thing about when I broke this thing in my purse, and I'm picking out pieces of glass nice. out of my purse, there's a little baby crystal, little tiny baby uh, crystal that she puts in each jar nice. too. So I did get the crystal. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so the tarot card reading, I'm going to tell my story. Okay. I'm going to tell more about yours. So I am also what I've never, I've never done this. And so I had this opportunity. And so I thought, cool. And I didn't, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, I knew there were, I mean, the way I've ever seen it or heard it talked about, there's a, people have their card decks and, yeah. you know, so, so I'm sitting across the table from this person and she has me pull cards and and she's asking me some questions about them, which I'm thinking, well, I thought you were supposed to tell me things. Yes. I'm not quite sure what's going on here. And and it turned into her asking me more questions about her life oh. <laughs> than her offering information. Yeah. And and I was uh, I'm thinking of this. I don't think that's the way it was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, and then I pay you. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then, and then, so, so I was thinking, and it made me think about something a, a dear friend who has known me a long time said to me, and and 
she said to me, and she said it in a way that was very loving and, and she was saying it in a very positive way. She said, you have such strong energy that sometimes people are afraid of that, the truth that you might say. Yeah. Because I get that. So, mm -hmm. and, and, and at first I was like, that sounds terrible. Yeah. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. And, yeah. and so it's thinking, a gift. <laughs> that's what she said. And, yeah. and so, so I was thinking, is that what just happened? Yes, it probably this? is. Yeah. Because, because here's the deal. I, that's the way I am too. I had my cards read by two women that use a plain deck of cards. Oh, which I think is, I'm just like, but, but, but what is that? What's a two of hearts mean? You know, I don't know that yeah. in a tarot card deck, you know what those cards mean. Uh -huh. They may look different in each uh -huh. deck, but you know, but so, and each time I've had people read from a plain deck of cards, my resistance goes, uh, this wall just goes up huh. and I'm sure that they pick that pick it up on that and end up asking me more questions than I think they should. Uh -huh. I'm thinking, shouldn't wait, you're reading me. Uh -huh. Why are you asking me questions? Uh -huh. Like how many times have you been buried? Shouldn't you just know that? <laughs> but no, that's not what it is. So this time when I went in, not only did she have a tarot card deck, uh -huh. my resistance was worked. I, they were in the basement yeah. because I was just feeling so like open and yeah raw yeah, yeah and and i think that that came through a uh -huh. little better but yeah you we bring stuff to that table yeah. and they see that if, yeah. if they're talented if yeah. they have that ability yeah i think this person wasn't ready and and yeah. so i like because i was really interested you know she said do you have a specific question and i said mm -hmm. i really don't have a specific question I never and i'm really interested in you know what what you gather yeah from cards and so the person who had Kind of facilitated this this person being the person doing readings. I said afterwards, I, I said I think this person is very well intentioned, but I don't think this person is ready for a prime time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's interesting because both times, every time, in fact, I've had um, some sort of card reading. I've gone in a group, uh -huh. and other people in the group will think that oh, that was just amazing, uh -huh. and I'm like. Eh. You know, but this one was this last one was pretty cool. pretty incredible. Very cool. She valid. She said everything, and here was what here's what it was. Do we have time? Just a couple minutes. Just a couple minutes. Yeah. So the the initial card that was the foundation of the reading was anxiety, fear, stress, um, sadness, and every card. Uh, the card right on top of that, which is overriding that, was the Ten of Cups, Ten of Cups, which is an abundance of love. Your cups are running over. So I have all the love in the world that I need to overshadow that initial card. Lovely. Then the card on the for the past, the immediate past was the Queen, which means I have all the tools. I have everything I need. And the card, but the card for the immediate future was reversed, meaning the, the, um, whatever it means, you doubt it, uh -huh. you doubt the process mm. and mine was reversed in the doing. So, um, she even used the word resistance, I don't uh -huh. like, uh -huh. <laughs> but then every other card was about love and family and friends. Uh -huh. So the reading then ultimately to me, my interpretation was, yeah, I've got all this stuff and yeah, I have a lot of resistance, but I have all the tools and uh -huh. all the love and uh -huh. all the support to overcome anything. Uh huh. So it was awesome. Yeah. It was an awesome reading. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so we've talked about love and death and grief <laughs> and suicide loss and, Gosh, first doing things, first art, music, trying things, 
taking care of yourself, expression. taking care of yourself. That's a big one. That always, that always is a theme that we have that yeah. always comes up. Cause it's always a reminder to ourselves mm-hmm. speaking personally, as yes. well as to people who are listening that, yeah. that we deserve that. Yes, yeah. indeed. It's a good thing. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Marsha. Delightful. Thank you, listeners. I know that you enjoyed this. We just hope you get as much out of it as we do. That's right. (laughs) And we believe you do. Thank you for listening. So long.